Blog Talk Radio. I ain't going back to jail. Next time the county or the state see me, it's going to be in the back, back. One, two, one, two. So check this out. It's a jump for right there. Talk about some NBA news. You guys there? Yeah, I'm here. How do I say your last name, Marie? Why? Why? Go ahead. How do I say your last name? Athey. Athey. It's it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. All right. Yeah, you're right. Can you explain to me me why we talking? No, hold on. Can you? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. Can you explain to me why we talking to a Harden fan during the playoffs? Ain't that it's the same reason why Mark Jackson has to sit and watch his team that he used to coach win all these games. It just has to be done. I'm just saying Westbrook 40 in a finals game before, so that don't seem accurate to say, but whatever. Did Westbrook uh, make it out the first round this year? Nah. Oh, he pulled <laughs> the right. Okay, okay. That's what I thought. One in the cards this year. What? I won in the cards this year, man. It won in the cards? Bro. (laughs) (laughs) Yo. (laughs) He said it wasn't in the cards, but they had PG and Carmelo, man. It wasn't in the cards. You're right. It wasn't. The minute they signed Melo, it wasn't in the cards for them to do anything in the playoffs. You're right. It was good. We got Roberson coming back. All love. Oh my God! How is he still in the league, man? For no, for real. Can we can we touch on that real quick though? For a league that doesn't value defense, how is a guy like Roberson still able to play and start at that? What's his value? Because you saw the difference. They were balling before he got hurt, bro. It's a difference, man. I, I hear it too, but. It's kind of like what you said, though. You said nobody values defense. So when you got a guy that's good at it, then he's rare. So you can use him. I, I think they just keep him on the court because he's he's the only person that will play a full game of basketball and not actually demand the ball at any point in the game. He doesn't want to touch the ball. 
You know, he just want to play defense. Yeah. I mean, you do need one of those with Westbrook for sure. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, so we're not talking about losers except for one, and that would be LeBron James. But we got to get on this uh, NBA Finals, man. Um, We can start at the beginning, game one. And I guess we could go in in the order of uh, complaints with people. Let's start with the officiating. Did you have any problems with the officiating in game one? Yeah, there was at least five missed calls. But not the one everyone's mad about. That was a block, but there were five missed calls. However, if he was nowhere near the restricted area, and in order to review the call, you have to think he's in the restricted area. So they just yeah. reviewed it like, well, knowing goodness well he won't in the restricted area. So, I mean, yes. yeah, there's some bad calls. Very bad. Maurice? At the end of the day, they got it right, though. They – it, it was a it was a terrible call. First of all, to call a, a charge on um, on KD, I think it was a terrible call, and they got it right. I know they can't review when it's not near the paint or whatever the restricted area, but that's what we all want at the end of the day to get it right. But they did miss a, a few of them that. So I, I saw somebody uh, describe it as um, or that particular call. That they reversed. It was it was the right call. They just went in the circle to get there. Uh, like Corey said, the the rule states that they're supposed to they're supposed to review if they think somebody was in the restricted area, or not in the restricted area. I don't know how in real time you could even look at that and think that he was in the restricted area. It looked like they were like two feet in front of it. But um, once they review it, they are allowed to change it from a charge to a block. I think a lot of people were confused by that. But in that same sense, like Corey was saying, and I agree, he wasn't anywhere near the restricted area. So the whole concept of, of using that uh, power to review uh, was is just, just wrong in that sense. Now, do any of you guys think that that ultimately changed the outcome of the game? Well, of course. <laughs> I mean, if that's a if – if they believe that is a charge, I mean – that game's over. Huh? Yeah, didn't um, Ron get like an and one and um, right before then? Like he something happened. I think he got like an and one, and then um, they went up by one or two, and then that's when they came back down and he got the charge, and they changed the call. Yeah, it definitely changed the whole complexion of the game, no doubt. Yeah, I think I think Braun got the and one, then that happened, and then I think. Um, I want to say Durant missed one of the free throws. And, yeah, he did. And then um, when did. they came back down, I'm, I'm going to pull LeBron and see if I can remember off the top of my head. Then they came back down, JR was in was on the wing, and Tristan was underneath calling for the ball, and I waved him off. <laughs> uh, but after that, I think I think they had a turnover, and then Curry got his in one. But I, I can understand what people are saying about the whole momentum and and the way that Durant kills the offense anyway when the games get when they get tight, um, I think it's more likely than not that the Cavs would have won that game. But how how bad do you feel for LeBron, man? Like just going from that reversal of the call to the miss the miss free throw to Jr. not calling uh, to Jr. getting the rebound, not going back up, Lou not calling the timeout, and then you go into overtime and you get waxed. Like you were that close to winning game one. And, and honestly, that might be the only game that they really had a chance of winning in in uh, Golden State. But um, do you feel do you feel bad for the guy? Yeah, I mean, I don't see how you can watch my drop fifty one eight and eight and like, and that happen. Like, it's one thing to lose if you drop that, but to lose like that, where a dude just chokes on a free throw and then somebody else makes a huge blunder, like, and people keep saying this LeBron all timeout thing. LeBron was sitting at the top of the key, clapping his hands because he's wide open for three. Like, that's got to be better than a timeout. Then once he saw JR wasn't, it was only one second left, and he tried to call a timeout. So I never got that criticism. That's some, one of the dumbest things I've heard anyone say, to be honest. To expect, like, dude gets a rebound, you're wide open, why wouldn't you clap for the ball? You're supposed to, you're supposed to know that he thinks that there's up one? You're supposed to figure that out in one second? Like, people are being real dumb about that. 
yeah, like Corey said, he dropped fifty one eight and eight that that night. So you kind of feel bad because he was he wasn't the reason why they lost pretty much. At the same time, though, I feel bad for him just in general because if they had won that game, let's be real, it would have been go to state in six instead of five. So to me, that I, I guess the game one could have kind of changed things, but the Warriors, the Warriors even if they lost. They, they're going to steal one of these. They might steal both. So I don't think it really changed too much in my opinion. I think it just made the series shorter than what it was going to be. Yeah, so before we touch on the JR play, in a situation like that, when you have four seconds left, um, I'll start with you, Maurice. Should it be on the coach to call timeout, or should it be on the players on the floor to call timeout? Man, if there's four seconds left, players already got enough going on in their head. What is Tyrone Lou there for if he didn't know if he had a timeout or not? Like, I think that's 100% on the coaches. Yeah, I understand, like, the players are supposed to know, like, you know, timeouts and stuff like that. But the coaches is the ones who definitely should know. I, I mean, again, it's like, the, the whole timeout, I just don't get where people are coming from. Like, that's not what happens. Like, people with the ball call timeout, but how often does people call timeout and then actually get acknowledged off the ball under three seconds? That's never happened. You've seen another play where Draymond was trying to call timeout and they ignored him. Brown was trying to – like, referees aren't looking at you within a second to get that timeout. And people are just talking the talk, in my opinion, with the timeout situation. I could see if it was a defensive rebound, but you're supposed to anticipate. This is what it would take to get a timeout in three seconds. You're supposed to anticipate the offensive rebound and then Jr. running out to the three-point line. Tyrone Lue would have to run down a ref. It's not like he's right beside the man. Like, the whole timeout stuff is unrealistic. Like, there's no way that you're going to get one off like that unless Jr. called it because he would be the one that the refs are looking at. LeBron tried with a second left. They didn't see him. Yeah, like that's a that's a lot. Well, if Jr. didn't know the score, I know he didn't know if he had timeouts or not. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, do you guys buy? Do you guys buy? Do you an guys offensive buy? rebound in that, in that in that situation, how often do you get an offensive rebound with Jr. over KD with four seconds left in the tie game? What's that? A two percent chance of happening? And then what? Jr. doing that dumb stuff? Probably about a fifty percent chance, but still. That's still like a 1% chance of all that happening. Like, the the timeout angle is just people, like, reaching. That's on JR and George Hill. No one else. Yep. Yep. I agree. I mean, it, it, that was a long four seconds, man. I, I don't know. I I feel like it's on the coach to at least know the situation. And, you know, how some coaches think ahead. And, I mean, it, I guess because basketball is a little bit more fast-paced than, than some of the other sports. Um that uh, I watch. I just feel like um, coaches. I'm going to tell you right now, there ain't a single coach in the NBA that got a timeout off in that situation. An offensive rebound, then you think the dude's going to just throw it. So when, when was he supposed to call the timeout? Yeah, I just I just feel like that was a long four seconds, man. Like, I don't want to blame Lou, but I'm not going to blame it on the players because to me, as a, yeah, I mean, what I was going to say, to me as a player, your initial instinct would be to go back up because the you know there's four seconds left. Like I feel like the initial instinct of a player is to go back up, or anybody else that is on the offensive side of the ball, they're going to be thinking about putting the ball in the hoop. Like they don't have time so to think me. about a timeout. I feel like a coach though. I, I don't know maybe it's asking a lot, but I feel like a coach has got to be thinking like like ahead because even even if he makes the um, you know how sometimes they call a timeout. To, to to draw up a player or something like that. I don't know, man. I just – I don't know. I, I, I hate Tyrone Lue. I don't think he's good. Maybe I'm just searching for something to be critical about other than the simple fact he's just not a good coach. So they didn't have timeouts, right? No, they had one. They had one. Oh, so they did have one. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, if you – because I was going to – I was going to touch on that um, next, but I don't know if you've seen the, the extended clip of uh, – after Jr. did the crazy thing and LeBron was like like fussing at him, kind of 
like, what are you doing? We had to, you know, we were tied. And they get back to the bench, and they're on the bench, and it, it's quiet for probably about, like, 10, 15 seconds. And Lou comes over, I guess, to kind of uh, say something to the team. I don't know what he was trying to do. But LeBron specifically asked that man, did we have a timeout? And Lou said, yeah. And LeBron's face, like, that's basically what everybody's being critical about right now, is that LeBron's face was just like, oh, my God. And he covered his face with the towel and put his head down. And people are like, oh, that's not a leader. That's not this. Now, I'm not going to get to that just yet, but that, to me, acknowledged the fact that um, LeBron thought that the coach should have called timeout. Because, I mean, LeBron tried to call timeout with the second left anyway, but obviously he was aware of the situation before everybody else was. I think that J.R. Smith will probably shock the whole building, including the coaches. <laughs> it, I think that's what the, the timeout the whole thing, that's what happened with it. Did People just did whatever you know, Supposed to do in the game. Yeah, uh, <laughs> if it did shock everybody, it definitely shocked the uh, the Warriors who were really confused as to what was going on. Because everybody on the Warriors, like you could tell, they all anticipated the ball going back up. So um, I think uh, in Curry and um, Draymond somebody tried to uh, foul press him. conference. You said what? Somebody tried to foul him. Like, Clay tried yes. to foul him. Yeah, somebody tried to foul him, and then um, other people were scrambling to try to find somebody to guard. And, and then at one point, it looked like he could have went back up because nobody really came to him towards the ball until Clay came over there. So it was, just, it was a, a lot of confusion. But um, let's, let's touch base on LeBron's reaction in the huddle or lack of huddle. Uh, the whole um, – putting his hands in, in his head or his head in his hands and covering his face with a towel and this and that. Um, do you guys, do you guys feel like that's a lack of leadership in that situation? I, I saw some people saying, Oh, he should have, that's when he should have taken charge of the huddle and be like, it's okay, guys, we gotta, we gotta put that behind us. We're going into overtime. Or is it, is it in my opinion, okay for LeBron to just be realistic about the situation and know that they have no chance in overtime. <laughs> Again, people just hate LeBron. Like, Michael Jordan would have literally choked J.R. Smith and throw, <laughs> told him he would sit at the other end of the bench if that were the situation. And then everyone would have said that's great leadership. Like, come on, man. Like, you, you can't have a human reaction in that situation? I don't know. People people are just like, it just is what it is. Like, people are hate yeah. LeBron. I don't know how you don't yell at him. Right, right. It's the whole people hating on LeBron thing to me. Because you telling me Draymond Green wouldn't have reacted the same way if Clay Thompson had a foul J. Smith right there? You don't think Draymond Green would have been pissed off? And, I mean, LeBron, he, it's hard, man. You playing in the NBA Finals game one against a team, no one gives you a chance to beat anyway, and you got them on the ropes. And you lose because of a bonehead play. How do you expect for the man not to react emotionally like that? I don't, I don't get what they, what they want out of LeBron. It's, it's, it's one thing or another with him every single time. Like every game is going to be some little thing they nitpick out of what he has done. Even he dropped fifty-one, eight and eight, and they're talking about that. I mean, I, I agree. Um, I don't understand the criticism um, with that reaction. I feel like that's as, as human as you could possibly be in that situation. Maybe a, a robot like Tim Duncan might have been able to um, <laughs> to to let it go, but given the totality of the circumstances, with the timeout not being called, your coach acknowledging that you had a timeout, and J.R. Smith just—I don't even know what he was thinking. I, I don't. I don't. I think LeBron doing that was probably the only thing he could think of doing without just snapping on the bench because. It just seemed like he was the only one playing with some real urgency, you know, and I and I feel like uh, that that 50, that fifty game perform uh, fifty point game performance, man. That that's about all he can he can muster at this point in, in the season, man. He's played a lot of minutes this year, and he's played a lot of minutes over the total of his career. 
And and to come out in game one and play like that and still lose, or or in his case to go in to be going into overtime when you had multiple chances to win the game, you had the free throws and then you had the ball with four seconds left, and you still are going into overtime. Like it's, it's gotta it's gotta kill your spirit, some man. That's all anyone can muster, bruh, bruh. 51, 8, and 8, that's beyond doing your job. That's doing you and two others. <laughs> it's true. true. He was actually locked in on D that game. That's what people usually criticize him for. He was actually zoned in on D. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know what more people want. Maurice? Now, I'm just sitting here just, I don't know, it's all topic, <laughs> just trying to figure out. Where has Tristan Thompson been the last two finals? <laughs> I just, I'm just wondering, like, this dude, like, that's one reason why I kind of don't feel completely sorry for Braun because Jr. and Tristan is dead because of him, basically. But yeah, they they gave him nothing the last two years. I don't, I don't get why. I don't, I don't know. It, it, I'm just confused by that. They they showed so much promise. The year they won, they won the championship. Now it's just like they went from like eighty to twenty like that quick. I'm just confused where Tristan Thompson at. I mean, I mean, was, was it not last year? The year before. So in 2016, when they won the the championship, I felt like Jr. really gave him some some solid uh, contributions from that three and D role. Um, I thought he did. He actually elevated his defense a little that year. I felt like um, when I was watching some of the games and in, in his matchups. But um, I don't know. Lately, I just I swear to you, I just he's just not focused. And then uh, Tristan Thompson just got paid because he hustles, but he don't hustle no more. <laughs> you know, when when you getting eight hundred thousand and and you somebody tell you you can make eighty million. I guess you play a little bit harder, a little bit hungrier, you know. But after he got paid, he's been trashed. I mean, I think it's just hard to play him, man. I think it's just a kind of a, a microcosm of, of the day and age we in. Like, the Cavs are weird in that LeBron is at his best when he's kind of, like, playing the stretch four. So then you've basically got to play love at center. But you can't play love and Tristan Thompson against the Warriors. So what are you going to do? Like, I thought he played all right last game. Like I, I feel like he gives energy and effort, but that sh- that don't matter against the Warriors. What he got to switch out to KD or switch out to set? Like it's just a bad, bad matchup for a big. Um, even Capella saw like it don't matter how much you lost. This is a bad matchup for big. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I can see that. Jr. Though he he's another one. I, the effort is not there. So, like, I, I always stick up for loose, but you can't just keep going to the same dude hoping he finally hits shots. Like, I know Corver can't guard these guys. I know. But maybe Rodney Hood. Like, you can't keep playing Clarkson and, and, and Jr. for 50 of the minutes at the guard spot. Like, Clarkson, I, I saw somebody tweeted that uh, Clarkson thinks the – Jordan versus LeBron debate is uh, Jordan Clarkson versus LeBron because that's the way he plays when he's on the court. That dude gets up shot. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, actually. I wish I had to see that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that dude, yeah. Hey, to, to Clarkson's defense, though, man, he's for the last, what, three, four years, he's always been in a role where once he gets the ball, he's got to do something with it because his, no, his, no. Um, he's never had stability. He's always been no, one, one decent player away from being traded. On some real, I'm not mad at him. That's his game. He's just not hitting. Like, that's what he's there for. He's the microwave dude. He's supposed to be the Jamal Crawford. I'm saying if he's going to play like that, why he in? If that's the way he's going to shoot. All right. I tend to be different. That's like getting mad at one of the Rockets for shooting threes. Like, that's what they do. But if they ain't hitting, then you ain't going to get mad at Gerald Green for coming in gunning. You just put them on the bench. True. True, true, true. Um, So we can roll into game two because game one is depressing everybody. <laughs> uh, game two, 
we saw different Warriors. Um, they played JaVale McGee a little bit more. The ball movement was great. They looked to me like the team that won the uh, championship last year. Durant finally started passing the ball like he's supposed to have been passing. Um, what, are you, what are you guys' reaction from game two? Kevin, my reaction. Uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Corey. No, go ahead. You're good. I got. I want to look up something anyway. You're good. Um, they basically just figured out. Let's ISO K Love. Let's get. Let's pick and switch until we get K Love on um, Steph and let him go to work. Which I knew was going to eventually happen. I didn't see much of that game one as I did game two. Game two, it was more about matchups. And I mean, at the end of the day, man, I, like I, I seen it last week. It's just. Once Steph get going, it's really nothing you can do. You're helpless. Yeah, I mean, there's there's two things we gotta stop doing. We got we gotta stop acting like Durant don't hijack that offense, and there's not a difference when the offense runs through Curry versus when the offense runs through him. That's what we first gotta stop doing. Second thing we gotta stop doing is we gotta stop acting like Steph Curry shrinks in the finals. That's a that's a narrative that's just tired, and I don't know why it exists. Yeah, I so, mean he's having a. I think he's having a great year this year. I think the issue is that great um, he had a great year last year. The year they won yeah. it the first time, he had a good year. He averaged more points and rebounds and similar assists to when he won the MVP in the regular season. Yeah, one bad Because people want to act like that year he got hurt against the Rockets in the first round, and like I think he sprained his MCL, and he, I think he struggled like a, a few games in that finals. I think that might actually be the year they lost to the Cavs, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he did. He did. That year they lost to to and Kyrie hit the shot. He he did get a play by Kyrie. That's true for that one series. That's it. The rest looks stellar. Yep. So, I just think because Delhi Delhi came with some energy and and frustrated them a little bit and people just people just remember that and they they stick to that to that uh to that I guess that one image plus when when you see him shooting because uh, he struggled a little um against the Rockets in that series but when you see him missing shots that he normally uh, makes I guess you you tend to think that he's not balling but I don't see how anybody could watch these first two games. And think that he's not uh, on pace to be the MVP for this series. Okay. Oh, not close right now. Yeah, it's not close. So, um, I mean, game two, I, I haven't, you know, I've been waging a, a, a one-man war on Kevin Durant since the playoffs started for the most part. And um, I haven't seen too many people still defending him. There's, there's some stragglers here and there. But from, from – uh, uh, I test standpoint, I don't think you can watch the Warriors and not see how he affects their offensive rhythm. And um, even with the rotations, I've noticed that um, Kerr has tried to do different rotations when he does get into that little mode where he plays like he's still on the Thunder. And uh, he'll have him out there by himself without Clay, without Draymond, without Kerr, I mean, uh, without Curry. And, and, Sometimes even without Livingston, you know, just putting people out there that are going to pass in the ball and allow him to to find his rhythm and then try to add his starters back in. But I think um, in this particular series, he stopped catering to Durant in that sense. And I guess they had a heart-to-heart with him after game one and and let him know, you know, you got to pass the ball, man. Like, he's a great talent. He's a great offensive talent. But there's just no way that you can tell me you have trust issues when you're playing with Steph Curry and um, and Clay Thompson on the wing, like it's just it's just not possible. You know what I think it is, honestly. Like I think a lot of it is that Steph and Clay take so tough of shots that I think sometimes Durant just is like, those are good shots for me. When they're not, like obviously he can hit shots, but. He's not as good a three-point shooter as them. Like, it's not even close. So him him shooting a pull-up, walk-up three off the dribble is bailing the defense out. Steph doing that is the shot they want. Like, I don't think he understands the difference. Yeah. I can see that. <laughs> I can see it. What do you think, Maurice? 
Yeah, KD strength is to me is uh, the mid range and getting to the basket. I mean, don't get me wrong, he can shoot the three, but like Hort was saying, he can't shoot. He can't shoot the three like Steph and Clay. And I think he does fall into that kind of kind of mode where he wants to get his shots up too. It's like the Rocket series showed me that we. I mean, Golden State is just a better team, but we kind of trick KD into playing our game. One-on-one, iso ball, let's, you know, just run the shot clock down. He did a lot of that in our series, and he did a lot of that in game one. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Second best player in the world. I think he's you got Braun and KD. I'm not trying to put nobody else above KD, but he, as a team and as an offense, he definitely affects that team. Like, that 73-win Warriors team was way more fluent than what I'm seeing the last couple of years. Yeah, it's weird. It was fools going with the Rockets, though, because the Rockets are a good defensive team, whether anybody wants to say it or not. But they, they, he hit all those contested one-on-one shots the first game, so it was just like, all right, that's the move. And <laughs> I just – I think some of it is also that uh, he's just so – so fragile mentally that, um, you know, he's hearing the voices of people saying that you're only winning like this because you got Curry or you're only winning like this because you got uh, Clay or this dude joined a 72-win team and that's the only reason why he's winning. And some of that is uh, is um, making him uh, force things, you know, to try to show people like, no, I'm, I'm still the alpha on this team. I'm, I'm still that guy. But at the end of the day, it like it it looks terrible, man. I mean, I think the the stats are out there. He's shooting under forty percent for the series, and and I think for the playoffs, which is or at least that Rocket series, I think he was almost under forty percent or around the thirty thirty six percent to thirty eight percent line. And that's just not the Kevin Durant I'm used to seeing uh, when it comes to scoring. It's just and it just Did doesn't make any sense. Huh? Did y'all see the quote he had about why he left? Why he left who? The Thunder? Yeah, please tell me you saw the most recent quote. He nah, said, I haven't I'll seen the most recent quote. What did he say? <laughs> uh, bruh. Hold on. Let me get this for you. <laughs> Just continue talking. Let me get this. I want to I want to read him so you can hear this live. All right. So um, while we're waiting on that, Maurice, I'm going to ask you a question that's been on my mind and, and that I've been trying to figure out, am I tripping or not? Are the Warriors without Durant? So let's think about the 72-win team Warriors. Was that considered a super team to you? No, not at all. All right. When they, all right thank you. Yeah, when they were 73-win Warriors team, they, they I mean, who, a super team to me is you have to have three, at least three guys on that squad that just, I, I don't know, they they, it's not a super team because they played as a team. They didn't have anybody coming. I mean, don't get me wrong. Steph Curry is a beast. But other than Steph Curry, nobody on that team, you said we can't, you know, put a handle on. They became a mm-hmm. super team when they got KD because basically you got four all-stars roaming around. And probably people argue with me about this, but it's probably not only only four all-stars, but four Hall of Famers eventually. I think Draymond's going to end up getting in because of his defense. But – when they were without KD, no. Back to what you were saying, no, I don't think they were a super team, no. Yeah. No, I agree. And for anybody listening, if you want to know why I don't count the 73rd win as a degenerate, they owe, I bet against them one of those games and they won. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm only counting 72, damn it. <laughs> I was wondering why you kept saying 72, but I'm like, I'm leaving. Yeah, man, forget them, man. <laughs> I've been, you know, I've been mad at the Warriors for like the last, like, two and a half years. They were my go-to gambling team when they first got Kerr and and uh, they were hitting those threes and stuff. I don't know. I don't even – I think I might have just picked up on them because it's something you said, Corey, but I was I was riding that wave for months, man. I made so much money off the Warriors. It's kind of it's kind of ungrateful for me to even trash talk them for real. They pay for a lot of stuff for me, but I can't make no money off of them now, so they, they're dead to me. <laughs> Durant, Durant ruined that too, if we're gonna be honest. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, you got so the, quote? the quote. 
Yeah, please listen. At that time in my career, I didn't know how other people felt about my game. And I knew that I was pretty damn good, and I knew I worked extremely hard, but I needed the validation from my peers and teams and GMs, people that are really into the game, to really help me feel good about myself and help me feel confident. Wow. <laughs> Roman. This dude, he really has self-esteem issues, man. Like, we joke about that, but... I hope he's really getting help for it, man, because he, he really has some speed issues. <laughs> this dude need an Ambien. What? <laughs> Mom, I, I remember Kevin Durant going on a, um, what was it, like a, 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 a like a park tour. Like, he played ball in, like, all these cities. He went to Rutgers, was, dropped, like, 70 yeah. to Rutgers. Yeah, 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 he went to Rutgers, dropped 70. Uh, there was videos of him, like, um, playing flag football or, or football and stuff, like, when they had that little lockout or whatever. Like, I feel like yep. that was when he was at the peak of his popularity. He became, like, the people's champ. Like, people backed him thinking that he was going to one day be better than LeBron and supported him yep. uh, and, and even wanted to put him in front of LeBron just because people don't like LeBron James. So, yeah, for so- him to say something like that, it's like, dude, you, you were above criticism for – like three fourths of your career. Matter of fact, nobody criticized Kevin Durant uh, publicly really until he went to the Warriors. When he was with right. OKC, I, there was I, always an excuse. Out of all the knowledgeable people I talk sports with, talk basketball with, and all the GMs I heard talk and everything else, even when the man was in OKC, I don't think anybody was saying he won't nothing less than the second or third best player in the world. So yeah. I don't get what he's talking about. Man, that's 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 ridiculous, man. I I I've knocked them down a couple notches on my on my list of. I mean, I I will always respect people's ability because at the end of the day, when you're good, you're you're just good. Which is how I feel uh, about LeBron James. LeBron James is an elite player. He's just good. So regardless of how I feel about him personally, I'm always going to acknowledge that he's a great player. Kevin Durant is a great player. I do not want him on my team, though. I, I don't. I'm I'm shocked that somebody with his type of talent could be just so so fragile. Maybe he does have something wrong with him, and I will feel I will feel awful if he does really have something wrong with him. But until it comes out publicly, this dude's a cupcake, man. He's a cupcake. <laughs> God, you know he would have been perfect in DC. That's a, that is the hero that they need. A wishy washy hey, superstar. Can, can you imagine, like, in practice and stuff, how Westbrook probably used to scream on him now that you think about it? <laughs> yeah, he probably he probably really would, would have issues. Like, I remember, I still remember, and I know Corey remembers this too, we was watching a random game. I think they were, the Thunder were playing the Hawks, and Ibaka and Westbrook got into it, and Ibaka flexed on Westbrook, and Durant was like, hey, guys, come on. Like, he got between them and trying to be the peacemaker and stuff, and neither player was really trying to listen to him. They was both kind of like, man, get, get your hands off me. And it was like, I knew then, personally, I knew then that he was not a leader on that team. Because anybody else who, who would have snapped on players like that, they would have gotten in line or something. When you see LeBron James snap on somebody, you rarely see anybody buck back. The few times that he does get emotional and he, and he smacks his hand together and yells at somebody, you don't really see anybody press him back. But, like, Durant tried to say something, and then he ended up putting his hands up like, okay, guys, never mind. It's like, come on, man. So um, that's that's kind of whack for him to say that. And at the end of the day, he's going to be judged uh, by what he did, even though it, in a sense it's kind of like what LeBron did, but in the same breath it's not. Because I don't know if LeBron would have joined the Celtics. I mean, I know he ended up doing a super team, and, and he's had two super teams, and, and everybody's critical of that. But I couldn't imagine LeBron James getting whipped by the Celtics and turning around and, and joining Paul Pierce, Kevin Durant, uh, Kevin Garnett, and Ray Allen. I don't even think Garnett and Pierce would even allow that. Not so, the people that you, not the people that was barking on you and dancing in the videos and that you were making fun of. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but that was like a real rivalry. Like, they were talking ish. They were going back and forth. 
Yeah, and, and LeBron's yeah. first time in Cleveland, what was LeBron's Russell Westbrook at? That's another thing that, that it kind of gets me. Like, he already had a top five player on the squad. <laughs> he already had one. So, the way he left, like, you, if it, like, a basketball team is like a family. So, you go to war with these dudes. You up 3-1 in that series. You you know, your partner in crime, both of y'all hooping. And then you just go up and leave and go to that squad at the the end of the year. To me, that's nothing like what Braun did. I hate when people even try to compare the two. Right, and, and I, yeah, and I need for people, what? I need for people to understand one thing too, because I hate Russell Westbrook. I will say that shit. I hate Russell Westbrook. All right, and I know I just gave that little spill about respecting people for being good, but it took me a long time to publicly admit that Russell Westbrook was was a good basketball player, regardless of the stats. But at the end of the day, looking back on that whole uh, Durant Westbrook era, the only reason why Russell Westbrook it, he became the player that he is now is because he had to do a lot of things because Durant was reluctant to do it. He was reluctant to take charge of the offense. So Russell Westbrook basically was he had to be the other scorer, and at times it just seemed like Durant wasn't interested in, in taking charge or taking the initiative. Like I feel like sometimes when I watch the Warriors, he does more with the Warriors' offense in regards to bringing the ball up the court and, and jacking up shots and, and just hogging the ball more than he did with uh, with the uh, Thunder. I felt like a lot of times when they was they were running a two man game on the Thunder, it was him and Westbrook, him and Westbrook. But it's like I can't even say he runs a two man game sometimes when he plays with the Warriors. It's just Durant gets the ball and it never moves again. Or when the ball comes to Durant, he dribbles it for about fifteen twenty seconds and he's forcing the shot. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm being too critical, but it just seems like I'm black people like to see. Everybody said it was Westbrook. He's stagnant. Right, right. I mean, I, I'm yeah, one I was, of those I was, people was, too, was, but yeah, me too. <laughs> but at, I mean, I'm starting to look back and be like, maybe I was wrong, man. Maybe maybe it wasn't all just Westbrook. So, um, his his legacy will be something we'll probably argue about years from now, and um, I know I'll I'll always remember just the whole switching to the Warriors thing. I don't think there's anything he can do um, in my mind to ever surpass uh, LeBron James as a basketball player. Now, as a scorer, yeah, he, he's an all-time great scorer. Um, I mean, but, how do you stay there, I guess, is my question. Like, how does he – and maybe maybe we're just looking at it wrong, man. Maybe he's good and he's, like, content with just being happy and he don't care about his all-time rating. He don't care about being the best player in the world. Maybe he's just a simpleton to just want to hoop and win. Well, he did say I mean, he, I, he came to the Warriors because he didn't want to be a leader. <laughs> right. That's what I was going to say. Yep, that's exactly what I was going to say. So maybe that is what it is. Like, if we, if we don't – maybe that man don't want that much greatness for himself. If we're not going to hate on Clay for it, Clay could certainly go to his own team and have more individual success. So if we, like – Yeah, but we we don't have Clay Thompson fans coming out saying that though. You know that that's the difference. You got KD fans coming out calling him King KD and all this other crap, but the man himself don't even want it. And his fans got nothing to him. He don't even want it. They don't want to king. They don't want to be there. It's uh, pathetic, man. All right, so um, we'll probably come back and do games three and four next week. But I'm assuming, what what are you guys expecting out of game three? I, I'm hoping. Honestly, I, so here's my deal. So I don't, I don't know how bad the Warriors want to sweep them. If they want to, they will. Um, yeah. But I think the Cavs win Game Three. Um, I honestly think that this, this was going to go five regardless. And I said this a bunch of times. I said the Cavs will either win Game One or Game Three. That's when you catch the Warriors slipping. We've seen that over and over and over again. They'll come out a little lackadaisical after a layoff or they'll be up 2-0 and give you one like they did in New Orleans. So I can see the Cavs blowing them out, to be honest. Or I can see, or I can see them sweeping them. Whichever one, but I, I think it goes five. All right. Cleveland takes game three. I think they get get it tomorrow night. They're going to come in with a lot of energy in that building. Role players, you know how it is. At home, going to play a little better. I think Golden State takes game uh, four, though. And if somehow Cleveland does lose tomorrow night, though, it's a sweep. 
Yeah, if if Cleveland loses tomorrow night, I think LeBron's officially checked out. Um, I don't know why people are even debating whether or not he's going to stay in Cleveland. I, I thought it was public knowledge that he is out after this year. So um, I don't see him uh, trying with these guys. I think he's tired. Um, <laughs> I hate to make fun of him with his man purse, but he, he just reminded me of the of the lady that's just had enough. She's just sick and tired of being sick and tired. So um, I don't I don't think he's going to give much effort if they lose game three. Um, even though a, a sweep would suck and, he, uh, you know, you got to listen to these dudes talk trash. But I think after game three, if, if the Cavs have lost, he's going to put in the motion uh, plans to, to beat the Warriors. Um, with that being go? said, go ahead. Where can he go? Where can he go? You already know. I don't, know. I don't, I don't well, see him going to the West, man. I just don't. Where's the place uh, that the Monstars came from? Was it Moron Mountain or Moron Mountain or something <laughs> like that? He can go there. <laughs> but, I know. I don't all, know. I know. all I know is, I, 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 you know, I appreciate LeBron, but he might have to pass the sticks on being the GM after this last game. Yeah. Yeah, he... he 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 kind of chip Kelly the whole situation. If we're gonna be honest, he had a, he had he a good to, thing. Might have to pass the sticks on being GM. But um, this is what uh, what I'll say. I do think it's underrated with the Lakers if he can get PG to come with him, because then you got Brandon Ingram that you can trade. Then you might be on to something, you know. You got a PG, LeBron, Lonzo, Kuzma. Maybe maybe you can sneak Kawhi in there, like you know, would, would Spurs take Brandon Ingram and a pick for Kawhi? Would they take Brandon Ingram and Kuzma for Kawhi? Like Kuzma seems like work. the type of player that would think he's better than LeBron. I think Kuzma's type of player fit perfect with LeBron actually. Catch and shoot, athletic wing. You know, unless it's an offer he can't refuse, though. Pop's stubborn, man. I I can't see him budging off Kawhi unless it's something that's just going to make him just, you know, that blows his mind. I, I can't see Brandon Ingram being the answer. What do you – I mean, what do you, I, I don't think you have a choice if he turns down $217 million. The hell are you going to do? That's apparent. He don't want to be there. Some players leave, man. You can't let Kawhi you walk away. You don't think you don't think Pop's stubborn enough to let him walk? Any other GM think, or coach, I would I, say no. But I think he tries to fix it, and if he can't fix it, I think they get something for him. I don't think I don't think I think Pop's more of a principal dude. That's like I'm not gonna have somebody like that in my locker room. More than I think he'd be like I'm stubborn. I'm just gonna make him sit here because I'm mad. I think it's more I don't want that poison in my locker room. Let's get the most we can get for him. Yeah, I feel like they would move and, and try to get something in return. I, I mean, looking back on, on Pop's comments, because uh, I think they traded George Hill uh, in that deal to the Pacers Yeah, for uh, Kawhi. Yeah. yeah, and Hill was one of the guys that he really liked. So I, I feel like if he looked back on the situation um, from a business standpoint, he wouldn't just give up a player that he likes for somebody who eventually didn't work out and not get anything in return. Um, especially with Kawhi still having um still having some popularity in the league amongst uh GMs. I think uh it wouldn't be hard to move him for real if they wanted to. I mean they're not gonna get they're not gonna get like prime real estate but um I mean you should be able to get a couple players in, in the pit. I have a hard I'm time with the you. business out of the NBA. It's so I'm weird to me. Though. I'm with you, Maurice. They definitely need a better package than Boston guy for Kyrie. Man, that was terrible, yeah. man. And then they I don't end know. up with what, like the number eight pick or something? What pick did they end up with? Yeah. Number eight. When's the last time somebody got a good deal for a superstar, though? I guess the Pacers joint was all right. Yeah, I guess. But not, that was unexpected. I mean, I thought it was good at the time, but it still ain't great. It's still, I mean, I'd still take Brandon Ingram in a pick over that, or 
Fultz and Sarek in a pick. I mean, I was a big Sabonis guy. So. No, I, I I guy. That's going to be interesting this summer, though. I think he that holds a key to a lot of things to see the Spurs do with him. If he say no, they got to deal mm. Well, if if he says no, maybe LeBron goes and plays with Pop. <laughs> he does like Pop. He loves him, yeah. Hey, and and he he have uh, he'd have um, what's his face? What's that yeah. cupcake player that I used to like, but I don't like no more? Aldridge. Lamarcus Aldridge. I yeah. just want to be clear. I want to be very very clear. If LeBron goes to San Antonio, they not making out the second round. I mean, I don't know. I have to see who else he bring with them. Well, I, you know what. He wouldn't be able to GM his way on that team, would he? Exactly. Ain't nobody coming to San Antonio with you. What you mean? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hey, but um, before we run out of time, because the show show's only going an hour, I didn't anticipate us spending that much time on on two games. We had a good conversation, and Kevin Durant being soft always makes people distracted for twenty minutes. So um, we'll touch on uh, you know what. We'll just go into the last minute. So for the last nine minutes, um, I will say something, and you guys will say uh, if it's a big deal or not a big deal, and then give me your reason why. So um, we'll start with the Eagles in the White House. Um, this whole situation between uh, the Eagles not visiting President Trump or or um, representing the NFL after you know they won their Super Bowl. Is this a big deal or not a big deal to, to you, uh, Maurice? Um, not a big deal. So many teams are doing it now. I mean, I uh, I think Golden State and Cleveland both came out and said they won't visit the White House, you know, if they win. I, I just think dudes are fed up with the guy in the White House. Uh-huh. I ain't going to speak no more. I ain't going to get into political you know, stuff with you, but yeah, people just they don't they don't respect them. All right, Corey. Not a big deal. I've been seeing Nichols do this since middle school. Yo, girl, let me get your number. No, you ugly anyway. Like that's what just happened. Not a big deal. Right. <laughs> Somebody else on the page uh-huh. yesterday said um, it's basically like getting fired from a job, and this dude was like. You can't fire me. I quit. Stop rocking. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, one that just came up, and I, I definitely want to hear the jokes on this. Uh, Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott holding up a shot with penis guns. <laughs> Is that a big deal or not a big deal to you, uh, Corey? I'm disgusted, bro. I wish I had more context. But there's no chance that I was going to click on the link to get more context. Um, honestly, man, like I know Cowboys fans fighting it, but you you got to throw Zeke into the to the Odell mix, man. You got to you got to put him there, man. Um, this is flagrant. This is this is flagrant. This is very flagrant. Um, I got no excuse for Dakota. I thought he learned his lesson. He got stomped out in Panama. Um, <laughs> it's an L, man. It's a big L. And this is, um, I have no issue with the homosexual community. Um, I know a few people that are. I, I'm all for the LGBT community, so I'm not going to slander them for um, them living out their life and, and living, get it how they live, so to speak. So. That's all I got to say, but uh, yeah, we got to throw him in that um, in that booty goon category for sure. He he definitely looks like a bottom. All right, uh, Maurice, you want to speak since this is your team? <laughs> I'm gonna say no. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I, 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 hold on, hold on. I got it. <laughs> I saw this this morning in another group. And I just kept scrolling. I'm like, man, I hope IBS do not see this today. That's exactly what I said when I, I just kept scrolling. But I don't look at it as a big deal because 
I'm not like some of John's fans I know. They get emotional when we call Odell gay or whatever. I mean, hey, the dudes do what they want to do. I'm a Cowboy fan. I'm, I root for them on Sundays. They go on the field. They I, I root for them to win. That's where I cut it off at. Nothing else. They do it. You know, nothing else bothers me. They do what they want to do. Right. But it was fruity, bro. Bryce Harper Bryce Harper uh, Supporting The Vegas Knights Over the Washington Capitals Is that a big deal Or not a big deal To, to you Corey No deal He's from Vegas What are we talking about Should he about? not support his new homes team why would you support your new home's team if you're from 18 years versus seven years? I mean, I'm, it sounds like he supports the Nationals. When, I mean, the Caps are playing every team but the Vegas Knights. So, okay. I mean, you know, it is what it is. That's where he's from. No deal. Twitter, dis- Twitter disagrees with you. Um, Maurice... You mean emotional white people? No, I'm not sure. <laughs> No, nah, it ain't reason. no big deal, man. He a Cowboys and a Yankees fan too, correct? So I, I don't even I don't know. Think, yeah, I think he's a Cowboys fan. I think he's a Yankees fan. So you can't blame. I mean, if the man grew up liking the Cowboys and the Yankees, and if he grew up in Vegas, not a big deal. I, maybe, well, maybe slightly of a deal because he, like, I don't know if he should have came out with all the stuff on he had on, like you know, cheering and. They showed his face when they lost and all the other stuff, but I don't think it can't be that big of a deal because that's what, like Corey said, that's where you're from. All right, I feel bad about this list, Corey. It's so it's so uh, anti uh, Maurice. <laughs> Chris Paul says he will not take anything less than a max contract. Big deal or not a big deal, Rocket fan Maurice. So what max are we talking about here? Are we talking about like the extended <laughs> match when we talk about four or five years, or are we talking about the one year match with the player option? Let me see, Corey. What you think? How the, this little midget don't lost his mind? How the hell are you recruiting LeBron without the biggest two games of the of the of the series, and then talking about saying you're not gonna take a cut? You can't get all of that. You can't get LeBron. You think LeBron gonna cut? Yeah, Hardy's already locked mm. in, so he can't. He can't do it. It's gonna have to be him. He think he think, he think LeBron will come there for twenty minutes. That was CP three then. I mean, Damn, I what, uh, cool. the, the Rockets are saying. nineteen million over their salary cap. Nah, but they got it. They're gonna release Capella. Then they got something else that they can do to get them. So I, I, I agree with him. If they're not getting LeBron and he wants his five year deal, yeah, give me my supermax, my last contract I'm gonna get. So I get what he's saying there. Like if he's gonna take the big, yeah, you gotta, you gotta give me it all. But no, nah, I, I don't agree with that. Where at he all. gonna go? Nah. Where he? Well, I mean, from his standpoint. Right. Yeah. From his standpoint, I understand. But from the Rockets standpoint, they but. Give him, well, he's, he's like 32, 33, right? Give him a yep. five-year Superman? And he's been hurting no. the playoffs the last, like, three, four straight years? I would I would give him I would give him two with a team option. Right, right. Either one or two would – yep, yep, I agree with that. I, I think Where's he deserves going? the max, but just not the, the long-term max. Yeah, my, my thing is call his bluff. Where are you going to go? Ain't that According many to like, – According to Yahoo, he's not taking a pay cut even if it means signing LeBron James. So, damn. But where he going to go? Man, he's talking right now, man. This is not even the final. This is not even over with, man. He's talking right now. My my question, honest question, where is he going to go? Like, if you're like, no, where is he going to go? I don't even know. Please tell me. Please tell me a team close to contending that he can go to that needs a point guard. Hey, you know what he should do? You know what he should do? He should wait till the finals are over, sign a veteran veteran minimum, and come off the bench for the Warriors. 
<laughs> and then and then use use the rings that he gets to cement his legacy and say that he won X amount of championships, so he's an all time great. Because that's hey, exactly that's what somebody I know is doing. Huh? It's the same thing your boy KD did. The same, exactly. The same <laughs> exactly. Oh, he got a hey, look. Hey, I appreciate you guys calling in, man. Uh, we're at that hour mark, and I always get fussed at for going over, so we won't go over. Um, we'll have to do this again probably next week, run back um, games three and four, and then uh, touch on some other things because uh, I didn't get to everything today. But uh, good talk, fellas. All right, All right, bro. All right, man. So this has been Talk to Talk, episode seven, uh, covering the NBA finals, which we're supposed to do uh, more on the anthem. But uh, we will just have to cover that next week. It'll still be fresh in everybody's mind because I doubt Trump will let us uh, forget that. Uh, in the meantime, everybody, you know, make sure you catch the NBA Finals. Uh, baseball is um, getting in the full swing. Um, you know, they make that push before the All-Star game and then after the All-Star game. Uh, should be should be a good season. Some Some tight races going on early, so we'll see if everybody can maintain um, also, I did not touch on the Kyler Murray uh, situation. Uh, if you're not familiar with that, Oklahoma quarterback Kyler Murray was drafted the ninth pick by the Oakland Athletics, um, and he will still play football for Oklahoma. And what I'm seeing is that he will join the Athletics at a later date. So um, we will definitely talk about that next week as well. So for everybody listening, um, have a good night. Thanks for listening. <laughs>